Welcome back to episode 143 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike. I'm here with Grizz, and we are back with probably the most played movie, uh, I guess, on like TNT ever. Oh, shit. Yeah. Totally. Tremors. (laughs) (laughs) Was it TNT or TBS? Which one always used to play that? Dude, I, I think it was TNT. No, it was definitely TNT. No, I think I could see like that giant fucking red and yellow logo before the movie and everything and every goddamn commercial break. But what what the hell uh, was that? This was like Tremors was easily like one of the biggest TV franchises that I could think of from my childhood where if like any Sunday when football was on. I had the option to watch Tremors also because that was like constantly running on TNT against that shit. Yeah, it's like they always played it on like basic cable every weekend it was on. And now it's funny if you look, I think on like Google, like Tremors, like it's on TV still all the time. Oh, you can't fuck with a good thing, man. Yeah, yeah. I guess they they see Kevin Bacon and they're like, oh man, that's what I need. All right. The heartthrob. Yeah, not like Friday the 13th, though, right? Where he just kind of like, oh, I'm all right. Yeah, I guess I was in that. I, I Actually, I think that's his best role in my opinion. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm like not a huge uh, Bacon fan, so. No, you don't. What was he in? Super? Was he in that? Yeah, right? The one with the guy from uh, uh, Rain Wilson, where he plays like a superhero type guy, and he like beats the shit out of him. Oh, God. Dude, he's been I in think- so many bad movies. I mean, yeah. I, he's like okay like he did footloose and that was like his big fucking like oh i did footloose and shit and it's just like i don't think he's been like chasing that dragon ever since he's never been able to like fulfill his like footloose fucking aspirations that he was able to achieve with that movie even in interviews he, i've seen with this dude he's like yeah after footloose i just did a bunch of shitty movies and tremors was one of them <laughs> <laughs> well he did say that this was the most fun he's ever had on like a set I, I think mean, he had like this one, like the, the preconceived notion that like, fuck, I'm going to be doing this stupid B movie. And it turned out to be like a great time filming. Like, you know, well, he had, like bombed right? in a bunch of other shit right before this. So I feel like, I guess he was like under the impression that like, oh, dude, my fucking career is over. He read the script and was like, this is actually pretty funny. And like, it's a giant rubber man fucking monster movie. He's like, what do I have to lose? I can just go have fun. And he like, like you said funnest movie ever made well if somebody like told you what this movie was about which is giant underground worms with snake tongues that eat you and travel 
through uh, the earth by sound detection. That was a mouthful. I, I worded that terribly, but uh, you would say like, wow, that's going to be like a fucking horrible movie. Honestly, right? like, you could have been like the William Shakespeare of, uh, uh, well, I guess of writing. You could have been William fucking Shakespeare and have put that more <laughs> eloquently and I still would have not been sold on that entire idea of, of, of a movie based on that alone. It's, it sounds like a well, sci-fi channel movie. Wait, well, well, it is. It turned out to be also. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's another place where they replay the fucking shit out of it. Wait, let me try that again. Let me, let me, let me try that once more. Uh, giant prehistoric earthworms attack a desert town. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> At the same time, you just gave us our synopsis for this week. Yeah, yeah. So we'll <laughs> skip that, I guess. There you go. <laughs> But something that I, I never think about when I watch this movie is the guy that plays Burt Gummer, right? Michael, what's it, Gross? Gross? Oh, he's yeah. The dad Michael, from family, he's the dad from Family he's, Ties. He's Papa. Yeah, dude. You yeah. didn't know that shit? I was like, the, like, my dad was a huge Family Ties guy. So, like, I knew this guy ah. before Tremors. So, like, seeing him in this role, I was like, this is very different than what I remember this guy as. You know what? I feel like in these movies, it doesn't register to me. But like now that he's older, he looks more like the character. Like yeah, if the you dad. watch the new ones, dude, he looks a lot like the original yeah. Family Ties. Dad. Yeah, it's it's really funny. I don't know how that happens. Like, how do you look? I don't know. I don't even know. But this movie was directed by Ron Underwood, and he actually directed City Slickers. So this guy has a thing for like movies in the desert. Right? It wasn't City Slickers like uh, also shot in a similar type. Yeah, and it's uh, also kind of like campy, right? Like, I mean, this movie's kind of funny. Like, there's, it's, it's not like it, it's hokey in a way. But I mean, I think City Slickers is like definitely more like just a straight comedy. Yeah, there's definitely comedy in this movie. They do a lot of shit that's like ridiculous, a lot of jokes. They say a lot of funny things. Would you, you call know? it a dark comedy? I mean, what would you classify the movie? To be. A obviously it's like a like a creature feature monster movie, right? Like I would say it's like a horror comedy or even like a sci-fi comedy. Yeah, even an action comedy. But it's action but comedy. I don't. <laughs> yeah, dude, this I fits don't know. a lot of like uh, this, is, this fits a lot of different uh, of genres. I think you're you're struggling to find the perfect thing because it is it's so broad. It's not a straight horror movie. It's not not at all. It really like even to say it's like a horror comedy, it's like not really a comedy though. If you think about it, like now that I'm really thinking about it, it has some funny things to it, but it's not like you know city slickers or anything like that. You know? No, and I think that like the the comedy is is comes from like the comedy isn't like out forward in like the dialogue and stuff like that. It's more like situational comedy and the things yeah. that, you know, happen because of circumstance in this movie that make things funny. And the way that the, the actors play into those scenarios is what makes us a dark comedy for me. It's not like, Hey, you know, too, it's not a buddy comedy where, although, <laughs> I mean, let's be real though, that like, I, I personally feel that the characters of uh, Valentine played by Kevin Bacon 
and Earl, played by Fred Ward, are like probably my favorite duo in a movie of all time. There is something yeah. about this bromance that just, oh, dude, I, I envy this so much. They are just the best kinship. You can tell that they're like, they're super close in the opening scene of the movie, right? Where they're out like doing like all this shit, you know, on the ranch or wherever they're hired to put up this barbed wire. But the chemistry that they have together is great. Like the casting was awesome for this. Same thing with uh, Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross for, you know, the Gummers. Like, dude, Reba really great, it, dude. great casting. Great casting for a giant uh, prehistoric earthworm movie. I think that the I think the casting, I, dude. I, you're actually now that I'm thinking about that, it it really is like even the people that I'm supposed to hate, I fucking hate the casting of that. Not like I hate the casting choice. I just hate who they fucking casted. It's like a perfect, <sighs> you know, like uh, it's the perfect protagonist for that 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 choice. Like the fucking kid in this town, Melvin. Like the, yeah, the the annoying shithead. I, dude, just that kid's face is so punchable that I'm like, man, what a good casting choice. <laughs> that kid probably walked in and the director was like, dude, I want to punch this motherfucker right now. Like, let's put him in the movie immediately. Even like Wal- Walter Chang, the uh, the storekeeper, the store, you know, the oh, shop I owner. I, I, dude, he's yeah. so lovable and like he's, he just wants to make a quick dollar in this small town. He's probably one of my favorite characters. And I think for the later movies they have somebody playing like his daughter like she takes over the business and i think she's in a lot of those like the newer ones but walter chang is actually played by somebody pretty famous in the uh i guess like the horror the action you know genre victor wong who you would know from prince of darkness if you've ever seen that big trouble in little china everybody knows that shit man hell yeah just t- three ninjas high noon at mega that's Mountain. okay that i didn't want to like you know put myself out there but that's the first place i recognized him from was three ninjas really yeah for sure Are you serious? Three, three ninjas when i was a kid was like my go-to rental at the fucking video store no matter what other movies i got for the weekend the two movies that were definitely coming home was fucking secret of the ooze and a three ninjas movie for sure really yeah wow I'm, I'm remember Remember the old Ninja Turtle action figures and they had like the little ooze containers and it had like, oh man, I had the fucking bus, like the fucking VW looking bus that all opened up. I had the little fucking blimp and shit. Dude, I had the whole clan. I was ready to go. I had the blimp. I remember the blimp though, like always like it it never held air. Like it would just start deflating. The first day it maybe held for a while, but you played with it like you were like, you know, a normal kid would play with it. That motherfucker was not lasting. No, no, no. I wonder if somebody like in the Midwest was playing outside with it and it got like taken away with like the the wind. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, my fucking (laughs) my my Ninja Turtle (laughs) (laughs) just chasing it down the block. Like you think that that had to have happened. Oh, at least had to have happened. (laughs) I love it. Did, did they ever make Tremors figures? Was that ever a thing? You know, it's. I feel like it would have. I, I don't think it did, for one. But man, what a missed opportunity. Like, I feel like there was a bunch of, like, especially for the time period of 1990, like, everything was being whored out from movies. Like, licensing oh, yeah. was Marketing like. Crazy. Yeah, dude. Fucking wrestling and their licensing deals for, like, video games, 
lunch boxes, ice cream games, sandwiches, fucking yeah. board games. This oh yeah, board games. Shampoo. So like, why wasn't there like the Tremors video game on fucking Super Nintendo? Why wasn't there? The fucking, you know, Tremors action figures, like the Graboid figures and shit like that. And the little dumbass Kevin Bacon with the removable cowboy hat that you could then, you know, shove down the fucking Tremors throat like you wanted to the entire fucking time you were watching this movie. <laughs> but if I, did, I digress, great toys could have been made here. Now, I think the reason why they didn't make toys is because this only made $16.6 million at the uh, box office, and it took $11 million to make it. So, so about it wasn't a five million exactly, profit. Yeah, it wasn't exactly that profitable for them. Uh, the rental store numbers are quite a different story. Apparently, it was like triple the amount, which is crazy, and that makes sense. And then also the licensing for the reruns you know, on cable and all that, this thing eventually made some money. And it, I'm sure they make them now, right? You could probably buy a Burt Gummer figure. Oh, I'm, so I'm guaranteed. Dude, they, like, they make figures for everything now. There's, like, so many little weird... Because, like, everything's so accessible. People can 3D print at home and shit. So now, like, everybody's making custom figures. It's I, a lot easier than it used to be, yeah. You don't have to do high print numbers anymore either. Like, you could do smaller amounts. There's like, I'm trying to think of that company. It's not like Funko or I hate that shit, but it's like, yeah, that's right. I said it. Fuck you, Funko people. But uh, I, it's like another one of those like toy companies that's like kind of really big right now. They did all like the Jaws figures and they had like the actual NECA. Jaws that's, shark yeah, in the NECA. box and shit. Yeah, NECA. I, yeah, NECA. Yeah, I feel like they have to be doing something similar with Tremors. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look because I kind of want one after uh, toys. People this right week. now are like, these fucking idiots have no idea. <laughs> you fucking posers. <laughs> you fucking posers. It's some uh, figures, assholes. <laughs> I, dude, I, I, I wish I had the room to buy wrestling figures, but I do not have the room for that. <laughs> soon, <laughs> yeah, the world will soon. be yours very soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this movie was surprisingly filmed in California. Uh, I guess Perfection, the fictional town, is also supposed to take place in California. Uh, it's supposed to be in California, I guess. Uh, very interesting. In the desert. I thought this was like New Mexico or Arizona or something, but no. That would have been my first guess for sure. Apparently it's California. Who the? You know, I, I guess that's why I'm not a uh, geography teacher. All right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I think that this this setting probably could have been in either of those states that we just mentioned. It would have been also geographically accurate. I uh, I was looking. This was a PG thirteen film. Originally, it was rated R only because the amount of times they say "fuck" and they cut it down, and it was PG thirteen. And if you think about it, there's really not too much. Well, really, there's no like real graphic violence, right? Like. Maybe you know, I was, uh, from what I heard, what Chang's I was told, death. from what I was told though that like the R cut, it, it it's out there, and Reba totally shows her boobs, so no, that uh, that here. happens. Get out Don't of quote here. me, but you can find that cut. You know, <laughs> it's the R version. That's not that is this is not like Tim Ritter's Creep where there's like the <laughs> porno version and then like the extreme <laughs> porno version. Speaking uh, of, he sent me that and. Uh, it's it's intense. <laughs> <laughs> there Jesus is a hardcore Christ. creep out there. Wow. 
Uh, that's something that I guess uh, maybe we'll come back. In yeah, the, <laughs> we should do a revisit of that, but do decade. that version. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we maybe we'll do a remix of the Tim Ritter Creep episode. <laughs> so why don't we hit the trailer and we'll get into this movie? Because honestly, I just wa- I just want to talk about the uh, yeah. Actual, dude, I, I've been like yeah, holding back this whole movie. time. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hit the trailer. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Could be doing it. Is that a snake? I give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? How could they eat a whole station wagon? But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! You didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or, or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. Tremors. Uh, Like I said before, the prehistoric giant worms attack perfection california i don't know (laughs) somebody please uh correct me if i'm wrong but uh chris we were just saying the whole intro was just us talking about tremors 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 right yeah we were like pretty much just jumping right into the fucking episode already without doing an intro we were just kind of excited about talking about this movie yeah i love this whole series literally the whole series everything about these movies i love there's not a bad one and if you say one of these is bad you're probably wrong <laughs> see i have to okay like I'll, the first three for me are are great i haven't really spent much time past that so i am so interested in yet. forks it looks like it's like a western like yeah yeah it's supposed to be like one? the 1800s yeah i love that I, i'm immediately it's watching great. that this week that sounds awesome yeah yeah it's really really good it's really good uh, the and because it was made in more recent times, they kind of keep to how, you know, certain things look, and it's very easy for them to replicate now. So like, it looks good, you know. Is this your like? Would, would you consider this your favorite desert-themed movie? And if not, like what, like what other like movies that are set in the desert do you just really get into? I think it's probably one of my favorite settings for movies. Not even just horror, but like movies in general. Favorite desert scene. Uh, favorite desert horror movie or desert movie well let's just keep it to horror because like desert movie would be like fucking Mad Max like the road warrior 
That would be Dude, my don't favorite. Bullshit. Like, you you want to say Wild Wild West? It's fine to to say that. Like, I it's, it's I totally- I will admit that I've watched that movie a million times because that's another cable monster, right? I that mean, was always on TV. Yeah, also. it really was. But they do edit out Will Smith's balls in the in the cable version. Oh you yeah, yeah. You don't that, see unfortunately. Dangle, so it kind of ruins yeah, it for sorry. me. That's the only reason why I watch that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, only well, giant spider. I think that's what this movie's missing is a giant fucking mechanical spider. <laughs> But if I was to think of my favorite desert horror movie, I really like John Carpenter's Vampires. Uh, oh, I do. I didn't I, think about that one. Great, great call. Yep. I guess Darkness, sort of. Not no. Darkness is supposed to be like Kansas, like in the middle of nowhere, uh, like Middle America, right? Yeah. Uh, favorite desert heart Scalps is really good, but it's it's not as good as. Uh, you know. Not as good as Tremors. No, 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 no. It's um, on a different playing field completely. I mean, Hills Have, Hills eyes, have eyes. Even yeah. the, the original and the remake. I think I like the remake more than the original, remake. actually. It's a little bit more amped up, a little more brutal. I would say they're even. I would say they both have, like, you know, different... They got Shot their different... qualities. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think Tremors is probably the best... Um, like real mainstream type desert movie that you're going to watch. Yeah. Right. I would like say desert for horror, horror film. for horror movies, I'm going to say tremors. And then for any movie in general, it's a toss up between tremors and tombstone. What about Being murder? The, lust. Murder. Lust is good. The Mojave murderer, right? <laughs> Whatever. It That's was. true. The Mojave murderer. Yep. I, for, I forget. He did dump bodies in the desert. That would be, that would be a strong contender also, but but goddamn, Tombstone is probably one of the best desert movies of all time. I yeah, love westerns I mean, though, dude. They fucking rock. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the original Django. Oh, the, Franco the original Nero one. Even the remake was great, but dude, the oh, original yeah, fucking rules. So this being a horror comedy, according to IMDb, uh, there are a lot of comedic parts to it, but they're actually like all intertwined with some real like gruesome shit. Right? Like when they find the guy up on like the the power like fucking tower. Yeah, it's all lighthearted and tower. funny up until the point where fucking, you know, KB's Somebody's climbing dying. his ass up there to get the guy down. Yeah. And like when the woman's like in, in the uh station wagon and it's being sucked into the ground, like and the you hear like the music playing and everything. Like that's funny, but it's pretty terrible. Dude, how fucking <laughs> smart is this movie? Like, and, and like, I watched some like making of, of, you know, behind the scenes shit of this. And like, it, it was not done with a lot of intention. Like they kind of like didn't have much of a script ready when they started making it. The budget was kind of thrown let at them and let a rip. But dude, I think that in itself is what creates some of the best fucking movies because look at how smart that shit is to have like a car be pulled under the ground and then, like, the way it's discovered is, like, this faint, you know, old-timey radio that they hear, and they fucking uncover, like, the Ford grill and the headlights shining. I love that. That just is yeah. so fucking cool to me. The visual is really cool. They do a good job in all the Tremors movies of doing things like that. When things get sucked underground, and, like, you'll there'll be, like, a callback to it, be it a radio, a light, or something. Like, they always do a really good job, even with like the graboid 
chasing them in front of the store and you see the floorboards going as it goes like it looks it looks really good it's it's cheesy and you obviously know it's not this giant underground monster but it's really it's really effective one that i like a, a lot also is when they realize that there's two graboids and you just see like something fall over then like a little bit of dust been like gets thrown up and then you start seeing the dirt rise i really like that the uh pogo stick then gets sucked on the ground also all sorts of shit it's cool so like i love all that shit too and this is like i think that almost like the towards the end of an era of like that heavy use of practical effects to to create all this because like i mean just a, a couple years later you're gonna get movies like jurassic park that are gonna just completely change the cgi game and shit but man, these practical effects are so fucking good. The boards coming up, the the dirt, you know, like you 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 actually feels and looks like a giant worm is like coming at you through this dirt. Where if you saw this in a movie today, it would all be digitized. It would not have that same impact to me, I feel. I think it would just be completely different. Do you think it's also harder for the actors and actresses to like react when they're just dealing with some sort of cgi like stand-in yeah i never thought about that that's like has to that has to go and like you i mean obviously good actors are good actors and shit and they can do anything but like for me like i feel like i would have a, a much more genuine reaction to something that's in front of me that i can uh you know interact with and that like even might even scare me or like because some movies do that they're so like you know just run and gun that like you know, some scenes can be kind of dangerous for actors to do and shit like that. So, like, I think you get some of the most genuine reactions that way. And it's completely lost when you're acting to a tennis ball on a stick or some shit. Yeah. I mean, look at the old Friday the 13th movies. They wouldn't tell them when Jason was going to come out. So they would be fucking just, like, terrified. That's genius. Like, Corey, Corey Feldman didn't know in part four when Jason was going to come through the window. You know what I mean? To try to grab him. So, like, that, you get the reaction of like somebody actually being scared but this movie as you know a uh, practical effects horror film i think they do a great job it looks real when the things die they look fucking gross right all like the orange the looking blood that they have Ugh. it looks really good uh you don't really see people getting like fucked up by them besides uh you know, in the store, and even that's not too bad, right? He just has a little blood on his back, but you do see him get swallowed by the graboid, Walter which Chang. Is, which like is he, great. It looks it looks awesome. It looks really good. That like mouth, pros. What would you call that? Like animatronic prosthetic, whatever. It's really really good. It's, it's very like really believable. A hundred percent believable, and like. There's a lot of, uh, there's not, I think that's like probably, like you said, the only one that you see him actually swallow in, in like an up close version of it. But there's so many great like death gags. And I think that's what kind of brings it back to the, the dark comedy thing for me. It's like there's a farmer in the beginning that he's like the first one that we know gets swallowed by a graboid. <laughs> when they go and they find this guy. You're looking at all the sheep are fucking mutilated and stuff, and they uh, they're they're looking for the old farmer dude, 
and they see his hat on the ground and, and like a little circle, like a crater around it. And like, you know, KB's like, stop, there's weird going on here. And he goes over and he picks up the hat and there's like the dude's head just like sticking up <laughs> out of the ground, like a big gaping, you know, face like on it. Motel shit. hell. Dude, yeah, it looks hilarious. And it's just kind of like those things that it doesn't take me out of it, but it, it makes it a little bit more lighthearted. And it make, it honestly makes me enjoy the movie so much more that they went that route with it. Yeah, because a lot of times when a monster movie tries to be 100% serious, if it's not perfect, then the monster isn't legitimately like the fucking creature from the thing, like the thing itself. Right. It, it, it's just not going to work. It's very hard. There's very little leeway to, right? Like how many bad monster movies can you think of? Tons, tons. How many, many good ones? How many good ones can you think of? I mean, not not many. I mean, a handful, honestly. Yeah. I think it's hard to do well. It's Saurians. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the number one. I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's an easy genre to to try to to try your hand at because uh, you know it's it's kind of almost easy to make a, a any kind of genuine monster suit or to, to think that you can create a monster suit anyways. And uh, I think that. It's it's hard to make it believable, and it's it's hard to make a monster that, like you were just saying, is 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 terrifying on camera. Yeah, and that's something that they really kind of nail with the graboids. And it's it's there's not a lot of other worm based movies, you know, like there's the fucking worm and yeah. Beetlejuice and Dune and shit like that. But this one is like legit fucking terrifying. Yeah, so you really, really want to go through life being a graboid and not like a humanoid from the deep, right? Oh my god, the deep. <laughs> you, you know, it's another that's a genre one. that's like that, that where like it, it could be really good or it could be really bad. I know what you're gonna zombie, say. Zombie films. Oh, I was going to say shark movies, but yes. No, 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 no. Zombie shark movies, movies are out. Dude, shark movies are always bad unless they're Jaws. This is the this is like Tremors is like the Jaws of the desert. That's how I I, I rate this one. I've I've heard a lot of people say that. I've heard that said before, and I agree to an extent because I feel like Jaws is they're like truly fucked. There's nowhere to go. Where in this, like they do actually have many escapes that they could attempt. You know what I mean? Like they're not exactly cut off from everybody as much as they say they are they kind of shoot themselves in the foot like multiple times see here's More the like argument I have there is that in jaws they put themselves in that situation here they true. find themselves in that situation it's true but they're it's mother nature man well no Bitch. no dude in in tremors they put themselves in that situation they move there they live there these are prehistoric worms man they were there first okay so that's the question i have they don't in this movie they, they don't from? really do the whole they don't give you the definite the, the definitive answer on what the worms are there's a yeah. lot of open-endedness to this man and you, you you keep saying prehistoric worms but Up i don't to, really baby. feel like that's really explained well in this movie no right. it's not at all in this movie in part i two, understand they tell, it's, they it's in the second it. one i'm saying if yeah if you're watching tremors for the first time and we're just kind of focusing in on this movie right now is there anything that tells you that it's from the air it's been in the air yes 
Well, technically, sort of. They say that like it's completely like enclosed by the mountains and everything. So it would it would have to always have been there. They also have some other suggestions though, like is it alien? Uh, you know, like you said, is it prehistoric? They kind of like allude to a few different things in the movie, but they never say, oh, this is the backstory of what this is. And I almost like that. And I almost wish I like the alien idea of it. And I kind of I feel like people expect that to happen in this movie. If you've never seen it and you're watching it for the first time, I think it I think they say that almost to give you the idea that, yeah, this is going to be like something to do with like fucking giant aliens or something like that. And I, I just wish that like later on in the sequels and stuff, they didn't give it the definitive backstory. I like the mystery of the Graboid, not really knowing, is it an ancient worm? Is it an alien? Is it something that's, you know, a mutation of a another bug that could already be here that came into some, you know, toxic ooze from fucking Teenage Midget Mutant Ninja, <laughs> from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 or some shit. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I could I could take or leave the alien theory. It's been I mean, done. Yeah, it's it's always an alien. Everything's a fucking alien. Can we explain how it's done? Uh, it's an alien. Oh, okay. Print it. You know. No, I do. I it's I do easy. love the prehistoric worm thing. I think that that's an, an almost an original idea in a way that they went with. But uh, I I. I I just like the mystery of it. That's all. I like <laughs> being able to make my own assumptions of what it could possibly be from. You know what the problem is, man? You can't, you can't keep it like that because the story can't progress. You know what I mean? Like you're very, very true. now you're like kind of pigeonholed with your direction where if you give it a backstory, now you can kind of open it up into different Something things. Something to fight do against the, some history. Yeah, they do the prequel. Against. You know, they have that prequel now and if they didn't have it being like a prehistoric creature, they wouldn't be able to do the prequel because that would make no sense that it was there in the 1800s, you know? And I, I just, man, I, I have to also say, since we're talking about the prequels a little bit, or the sequels a little bit, um, that the fucking things with legs in the second one... That's blasters. I, I fucking hate these things, dude. Yeah, you don't like that? I... Uh, Tremors is so good as the original idea... Let's say that yes, it's the the definitive history of it is that it's the ancient worm that's been in this valley forever, and like you know they move here and and shit like that. Even so, like keep it at that because once you have the ass blasters out, then it's like okay, these things are walking on land. They could see fucking other creatures and shit like that through heat sensors. So, like, y there had to have been somebody or something that have seen these things before. There had to have been some kind of remains. Like, it's just it just takes the whole, like, when it's underground, it's a fucking mystery. Now that yeah. it's above ground and walking around, it's not a mystery anymore. People can fucking see that shit. Do you think the whole ass blaster thing makes it too goofy? Yeah, I, 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 too, I agree with too, that, too. It's corny as too fuck, much. Dude. Yeah. You think it's the just the name that makes it, like corny if they had yeah, a, if they just I, didn't call it I think something it's the like name and it's the legs like i said i just i hate the evolution of the legs i i think it's cool to have the 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 original worm be a stage in life of this creature that's a cool concept but have it evolve into some other subterranean creature that has that same elusiveness that uh, uh 
you know, it remains to have that mystery that I, I crave about this movie that I think makes this movie so good. It's, it's all about this mystery of you don't know what it can do, you know, or what it's capable of. You don't know what the fuck it is. You can't see it. That's what makes Tremor so great to me. I do wish it evolved into something different. Uh, I wish it turned into like maybe I know you don't like the legs, but I wish it evolved into like a giant, like bipedal creature. You know like what a I mean? Like type thing. Well, like, no, just like it has two legs, but like, it's like big because the thing is gigantic, but those like ass blasters are, are little. See, you I would know, almost like, be into the idea of like a millipede centipede evolution where it grows hundreds of legs and now it moves above ground at a far superior rate than it ever did underground. Like that could be a real cool evolution of it. That would have been sick, but I guess that would have been like fundamentally impossible with the budget and the technology oh, yeah, totally. that they had at the time. That is a cool idea, though. Shit, write that down. All right. <laughs> what about Mothra? <laughs> what down. if it evolved into Mothra and then fucking Godzilla Dude, shows up and it's the show? That would be sick. That would be sick. Imagine the Tremor series is tied into like the MonsterVerse. I would love that. That would be such a cool like uh, this is like the you know the the pupil stage or whatever of the fucking of the mothra creature like you know it's gonna turn into a cocoon soon and then you get this giant winged fucking beast and i would love to see like the updated gnarly like these like specifically these special effects artists take on what they would consider like a winged version of this creature i think it would be fucking cool I would like there to be a bigger graboid that's making these like ones that they're, you know, like there's one that's deep underground that's like sending these things Slurms out. McKenzie, like on fucking Futurama where he's just like, they're squirting out of their slurs. That's all like I can that. pitch with just like a giant like larva asshole like squeezing out graboids from it. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. like the, it's the queen graboid. Just yeah, exactly. Like aliens, it's, like a, it's like a den. I would love that. Yeah, dude. that. Then you have it fight Godzilla. There oh, you go. It, it has to fight Godzilla, one way or another. So it is written. <laughs> Why is it that been a crossover yet? Where is Godzilla versus graboid? That's that's the that's the movie I'm waiting for. Can some of our listeners tell us if there's ever been a Tremors crossover with any other? Uh, you know, intellectual property. Yes, anything. I would love to see anything. It. Ash versus the <laughs> Freddy speaking versus Graboids. Some bullshit. Oh my god! But speaking of Ash, I gotta, I gotta show you the new Creep Show episode, or I think it was on episode one, where it's actually an Evil Dead like segment and. Uh, Ted Raimi's on it and everything and it's got the Necronomicon no yeah dude there's deadites all sorts of shit man like you've it's mentioned good. this a few times to me somebody else like recently had just mentioned uh, this creep show reboot or whatever to me I, I gotta check it out I haven't spent any time like watching anything recently but that sounds super so, fucking cool so like everything else there's people that are gonna say they don't like it because they're fake purists that don't they're yeah. like, what do you like fucking 16 years old saying all this shit uh i used to hate cool shit also (laughs) yeah yeah i used to not give it a chance because i want to sound fucking smart right (laughs) uh no but seriously 
a lot of people didn't like some of the stuff. They said it was boring, this and that. I loved a majority of it. I think there's a few stinkers in there, but usually it's only half the episode that stinks. Like the other, you know, story will be strong. Dude, not but every it's definitely episode worth of Tales from out. the Crypt is a fucking home run, but I love the series overall. I mean, that's how these that's, things go. When there's there's a ton of writing going on, not everything is going to be up your alley, but it might be somebody else's. Yeah. So, like, you don't know. Well, it's that whole, like, false, you know, nostalgia something. Like, how many Tales from the Crypt episodes could the average horror fan really name? You know what I mean? But everybody's like, oh, I love it. It's like, no, there was a lot of ones that were boring as fuck, especially in the later seasons. But you know what I mean? The ones like, that are great make up for great. like the, the lack of uh, the ones that are fucking boring. Because like you just said, there are. Dude, like I have all the seasons and there's probably maybe like three, four episodes per season that really do it for me. I will say that the first season is watchable from beginning to end. The first That's season the is Christmas. Perfect. Is that the Christmas season? That yeah, Christmas, that has yeah, yellow. That has the one with the magician. Oh, the magician uh, is bad, that, dude. That's one of the best. That ones like buries ever. himself alive. Like that's my favorite one. Dig, what is it? Dig this. Uh, dig this. Like he's a real cool cat or whatever it is. It's got a really weird name, but that's like one of my favorite, or if not my favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt. It's like that's the one where they have the uh, the guy goes into the house, the haunted house with the news crew. Remember? And he's doing like the hard copy type like investigative report. Then he gets fucking thrown out the window and like hanged. Oh, okay. Is that that's Do the first that season? One? Uh no, that's not the first season. Oh, I was I'm gonna just... say I thought it was like okay, I was thinking of something else then. But yeah, like I think with like the first season of uh of like like a lot of things like that, it's not being like held back by its own like expectations. So yeah. you get a lot of like really great original ideas. And then once people start latching onto it and really loving it, the pressure's on expectations build of what these things need to, to be. He's a larger audience. Yeah. And I think that it, it can definitely be a detriment to some of the art sometimes, because I think you're right. That first season of, of tales is fucking solid, man. Clutch. It's that fake nostalgia, man. Just like blockbuster. We, I never went to blockbuster as a kid. <laughs> it was the worst video store. Yeah, total video. You go to like all that sort of shit. Hollywood I, video was actually. Dude, I legit, worked at a but... blockbuster for a few months. It was the worst fucking job of my life. Yeah, terrible. Fuck that. But I really think that Tremors was something that I first saw renting as a kid. What about you? Uh, almost similar situation, except for. My uh, my uncle, who I think I mentioned before, uh, he had a giant wall of uh, VHS tapes that he recorded every single movie he possibly could off of HBO and, uh, you know, TNT. Every He had a bunch of, like, you know, cable channels, and he would just fucking record every movie. Every tape had three movies on it with the time codes all written wow. out. So every time I'd go over there, I'd look at this giant fucking wall of black cases and all the names. And I remember picking out Tremors one day, and I was hooked, man. I was little when I first saw this shit, and I fell in love so hard. And I, I watched the the sequels from there and stuff, and it, they, they were cool, but they didn't do it for me like this first one did. Yeah, this, this really is a great start to a, a franchise. And I really am surprised that it made such a small amount at the box office, like upon opening, like... Where people Especially just not 90. into it's these a big horror time yeah. scenes, so and 
And like Kevin Bacon was in it, like Reba McIntyre was in it. Was she famous yet? In 1991? I mean, she was well known. Like, I mean, she wasn't like, you know, the, the Reba like, right. of today or anything, but. But like, really, nobody went to see that? Did it open against something that was like extremely fucking popular? I, I didn't look at the release date, like if there was anything else. But it, it, it's really hard to believe that people didn't enjoy this. It has a really high Rotten Tomatoes score like people love the movie it's oh it's gonna you know yeah it's got a 7.1 out of 10 on on fucking imdb that's a pretty yeah. high score for that for that uh website for a horror comedy that was made with like an 11 million dollar budget in 1991 you know what i mean not bad <laughs> what 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 is your favorite character in this movie Oh, it's definitely Bert, dude. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I just, I, he, he just comes off like a wild man, but like very like, uh, tactical calculated off crazy. Uh, I, and there's like a point in the movie where like, uh, there's like a little bit of dissension between him and, uh, and, and, uh, Val, the Kevin Bacon character where like they get, they're stranded basically. And they're trying to go to this mountain to get away from these things. And like he starts like really fucking blaming. They start blaming each other a little bit back and forth about like who's to blame to get out there and shit like that. I don't know. It's such a cool moment in this movie where I'm just like, oh, I thought like there could have been. I thought it would have been cool to have a little bit more play where like some serious shit happens to one of them because of the other one because they were like angry at each other. But I don't know. There's just yeah. such a cool dynamic. Like, the casting is great. And all the people in the movie play so well together. They're all such a believable group of people that like interact together. So it's hard to say who my favorite is, but I, I would got to say Bert for sure. I actually agree with you. I think Bert is the best character in the whole franchise. And I like how he evolves even into the second movie is my favorite like incarnation of Bert. That's the best is in part two. But uh, just so I don't have to say the same things as you. I would also say <laughs> that I'm I'm a big fan of the Earl character. He was he's because, my, he's easily my second also. Yeah, for sure. Because like you could tell he actually like cares about the KB. You know what I mean? He's like a, a father figure to him, right? Trying to give him good advice about things. He's trying to put him on the right track, right? He's cool. He's he's hardworking. I I think he's like a good character. There's no like real negatives about him you know what i mean he's kind of a dick but like not really he's never really wrong you know uh dude and i'm also i'm just such a big fred ward fan the guy that plays earl he he's just such a good actor dude i i, I love his like whole his whole shtick like his voice is funny to me not like funny haha but like just like his delivery of lines is just so unique and shit he's, he's joe dirt's dad and that's like the one thing I always oh, remember. Oh yes! Is that like? Oh he, my god! He's I like, totally he's forgot. Like in the trailer park and shit, dude. I I love Fred Ward. He's been in so many different things. You can look this dude up, and you're gonna find movies like you know, things from The Crow to fucking Corky Romano. Like that's like the range of different wow. fucking things that the dude's been in. So wow, uh, I, I give him Romano. so much credit. And his portrayal of Earl and the relationship that you get to see between him and Vale—that's uh, Kevin Bacon. It's so believable. Like I said in the beginning of this, their relationship as like, it, it could be a buddy comedy with these two that I would be all in. I'm not a big buddy comedy yeah. guy, but if these were the two mains, I would watch that shit all day, man. 
this borderlines buddy comedy, dude. It really this, is. No, like it has this, elements of that. That's why I'm saying, like, it's it's hard to really uh, put this pigeonhole this movie into any kind of category because it's yeah, it just kind of it's just dude, it's a good fucking movie all around that anybody horror fan, drama fan, action fan, family of any age can get down and watch this movie. I saw this when I was young and it hooked me on. Yeah, this is a, it's movies, not a dude. yeah, it's not a scary movie. Like no, it's not going to terrify not. your kids. I mean, when I was little, like I was scared of it, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's not. You're not going to have nightmares about it. No, it's, it's goofy. It's I'm scared in the moment. Know. It's a laugh. It's fun, man. I, 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 this is a great movie. This movie is less scary than Monster Squad. As like a child, this movie. Oh I yeah, like yeah, this, totally. There's real, like, not a lot of, like, night terror stuff. You know what I mean? Most of it is during the day. They're out in the open, you know? It's it's a very unique, like, thing if you think about it. Everything's out, well lit, right? Yeah, that, that's, Everything's that's unique outside. for a horror movie. It's hard to scare people in, in broad daylight, man. So They, accom- they accomplish telling a good story without really, really having to hide stuff in the dark. And I think I think a lot of that, uh, the, the good storytelling, I think... Uh, my personal favorite aspect of that is the whole reveal of like the graboid man, because you don't see it for like the, like even like you, when you realize something's going on, things are going, people are going missing, you know, something's out there. You'd first get a glimpse of this thing that just looks like a giant eel. They say it's like, it looks like a big snake. It doesn't look overly threatening. And then you see, you know, like the, like the the sand moving, like Mike had mentioned, and that that looks like a little bit bigger. So you you start getting an idea of like, oh shit, now it's now it's fucking eating a whole person whole. So this has to be bigger than just a snake. And then finally, you see, you know, uh, and it's a point where you know uh, Val and Earl are gotten trapped out in the desert and they have no way out. All of a sudden, boom, you see the reveal of the full fucking graboid. And Giant. that initial reveal, uh, that initial reveal, is epic as fuck, dude. The buildup yeah. to that it just makes the whole thing perfect for me. I I think that the first reveal of the graboid like that is is so effective. And what's cool is that they show it throughout the rest of the movie. You keep seeing it, right? It's yeah, not like a lot they of, hide that's it. True, they, a lot of the budget wise, a lot of movies like this, you're not going to see that big monster a lot of times. You might get a few big scenes with him, but dude, you see this motherfucker or uh, the elements of these motherfuckers, like you said, throughout the rest of the movie, basically. You know, it's a really impressive thing to notice when the giant, well, like when the actual graboid opens his mouth and the three snake things come out, that whole like anime. I don't not animation, but like that whole is action, it though, or is it like claymation? Like, dude, I because I know what you're saying. It 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 the visualization of it's kind of unique. The way that that looks, it almost this looks like like an animation. It looks real. It looks real. Yeah, like when it's coming out of the throat and coming out, it looks real because it it's very quick. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like it was done in reverse. I mean, if it was, I couldn't notice. Right, yeah, it, it like it, it's very believable. the The movement of those snakes feels legitimate, and dude, it's just it's, that the creature's gross as fuck. It's just so slimy and like, it's it's the slime that gets me. You can be nasty and shit, but the fact that it leaves like a slug sli- uh, trail behind it is just yeah. like the grossest shit to me. It's like if you took like an uncooked steak and rubbed it in dirt. 
<laughs> right? That's what those things like remind me of, like the tongues. But they I, I kind of look like it. But I do like that they're also like it's it's a defeatable monster. Yeah, it's it, well, it's natural, right? Like it's a it, thing. It's a like creature, and I love that. I love that it's not this like over oh, oppressing thing that it's just there's no way out, you know? Like, and there's multiple ways to kill it. It's a it's a it's a carbon based creature that is uh, susceptible to gunshots, to being knocked out by concrete by bombs it's just it, it's it's such a cool element to uh, to this movie is that there's multiple ways that it's taking out these different what's, uh these different graboids that are coming after him what's the line from i think predator if it if it can if it bleeds what is it if, if it can bleed it could be killed yeah i think that's whatever. what it's, it's some shit like that and that's, <laughs> that's true and I, and I love that that's that actually is a very uh interesting like thought you know what i mean like yeah if, if it could bleed then you think it die <laughs> you need it you need whatever's coming out of that uh wound but now here's the thing these things are able to take like immense damage right like they could lose the the snakes and everything and they keep coming back they're not afraid they don't they don't really get scared then well, they mean, learn from the things that happen they throw the fucking tnt dude, back that is a great element to these graboids that I think is overlooked uh, and I think is probably done better than any other monster movie and ever, ever done. Whereas that the creature is evolving immediately based yeah. on things that it's already experienced. Yeah. That is so smart. The fact that like it can sense that these people are vibrating on the roof, but it knows that it can't get to the roof. So it starts to dig out the foundation of the houses to collapse the buildings to get to the people. I yep. just I enjoy that level of like uh, of intuition for a monster to have. I think that's it, it makes the suspense build more and more because you're like, all right, it's not just a, a creature that's going to do one thing that's going to come after me one way. Yeah, you can just blow it up. Yeah, that's like, what makes I, Jaws so good is that the shark isn't just a stupid fucking shark. Shark. You know what I mean? It it's, learns it's and it changes its direction it's, based on previous action. And I think, dude, it, it's it's so well played in this movie. I, I can't say enough good things about the people that made this movie. I think they were onto some some special sauce that I think would be hard to recreate. <laughs> I think that they really like fucked up not putting more money into this franchise earlier. The second movie now... I, I didn't look up what the, you know how it did box office why if it was even I don't know was that even released in theaters I would assume so but the second movie the guy that's with Earl isn't as good as as KB oh, you know no. what I mean he's he's not he's not nearly as I guess believable or maybe the camaraderie is just like slightly it's, different yeah it's the buddyhood that's not the same because also remember that character is just supposed to be like some guy. You know what I mean? That like gets him to help him to do it or whatever. In in this movie, it's legitimately his friend, like KB's his friends. They're life mates. <laughs> so, okay, let's say they the the studio went all in on this movie. You know, Kevin Bacon had made you know Footloose and it made some money and shit, but he really had hadn't really uh, established himself not as Hollow that Man. that guy. So the studio puts more money into this and they bring on a bigger name 
and they really push it. I mean, who else could you really see doing that that Valentine role? I mean, it's hard for me now to look back and be like, oh, I could I could see somebody else doing that. But it's like, you know, people at the time that were just coming up, like, you know, Brad Pitt and stuff like that. No, too uh, young. I mean, he would have been the same, about the same age group, honestly, as as Bacon at this time. That's Even sick. like Bruce Willis. I mean, he was at the same age, group, uh, same age group as these guys. I just can't imagine some of these big name actors of the time uh, really trying to fill the role of Valentine and, and, and getting it across as well as him. Mm, see, like ni- 91 is, is past a lot of people's like primes, like younger, like where they could play a, a younger guy. You know what I mean? Like Swayze, I feel like would look too old in 91. You know what I mean? He would look too much like Earl's contemporary than True. than like a younger dude that I don't know where their companionship started, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me it's think. Who maybe like Keanu Reeves? Maybe, but not. Nah, he's he's not for that type of thing. So I but, could see like like you mentioned like uh, Keanu, but like at the same, this is like a little bit the same time period as like Dracula had came out and stuff. And I think that like Gary Oldman was in his prime at this time, but I think he's too serious of an actor. He doesn't have that look. He doesn't have that like he would be living in this fucking middle of nowhere town. Like you the, know what like I mean? Valentine has this goofiness about him that I think just 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 is naturally Kevin Bacon. <laughs> So like it's it's uh, I what think like Billy Baldwin. I think like the like maybe like a person <laughs> at this time that has that same natural doofiness would be like that that fucking dude that uh that said whoa on Blossom all the fucking time. What the hell was Joey, Joey Lawrence. Lawrence? I think that's who could like play this role at uh, the time period wait, and it would be portrayed the ni- same. Dude, 1991 you could have had Jim Carrey playing his character. Oh my god, could dude this would have been a totally different. Can you imagine like a 91 Jim Carrey playing the role of perfect. Valentine? Perfect age. Perfect age. It is it. the perfect age. And I, 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 I man, I, he could have and played see, it I so many different it. ways. And I think it, 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 it would have been such a different movie for him, but I think it would have been fun. Remember in that time period, he wasn't like doing kids movies or family movies. He was doing like all sorts of, you know, like weird shit at that time. He, he was, was just still kind up, of really so like he yeah, would have fallen into this kind of category of like here's a monster movie to fucking do. When was Ace Ventura? It would have been like ninety. I want to say ninety two, ninety three. When was he on in Living Color? It would have been right the, around ninety, I think. Dude, that would have player Marshall awesome Bill. To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put him in that makeup and put him in the Valentine role. I love it. You know, what about a Travolta? I, I, How about a John Travolta in 1990? Too old. Too old, too old you think? Too old. Yeah, definitely. What about like Jeff Daniels in 1990? Okay. Uh, 1991. See, uh, so t- okay, okay, he actually might work because he can have a little bit of a goofy side. Like I feel like the, the role of Valentine has to have somebody who c- doesn't take themselves too seriously. There's a lot of actors I think that do that. Uh, maybe like an Edward Norton at that time could probably do something like this and be a little bit goofy, but he's such like a, Oh man, I, I, I might, I might have to say that Kevin Bacon is the perfect Valentine. And it might just be because I'm, he is Valentine to me. Cause I've seen this movie since I was young. Dude. What about, um, no, wait, what about Jeff Bridges in like 1991? Yeah. 
a young Jeff Bridges, I think probably could have done this pretty well. I, I I'm it's trying really to think hard of like for Jeff Bridges think. comedy wise. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think Jeff Bridges probably could have nailed this in '90. Dude, even if he just played the dude, but like in 1991, it would have been fun. A very yeah, if he would have played a very similar dudess or dudish type of character, <laughs> very laid back. I, I think it would be. Would, but man, there's. It's hard for me to picture anybody else say, but KB. Dude, dude, it's KB, and then I would say Jim Cat JC right after that. I, I like the KB JC lineup. I, I dig that. I'd be so interested how that would play out. <laughs> uh, this movie is probably, uh, I was saying to you, one of my favorite movies of all time. Now, why is there no giant box set of this? right yeah is there are we missing out on something like where is the big production of this movie it's really i mean i know arrow video uh this past year released the a full 4k uh ultra high def you know version of this that they just put out i gotta get my hands on it it looks after watching it for this week and it's awesome fresh in my heart i'm like god damn i need to see the best possible version of this movie that i can (laughs) So I got I got to grab that, but they I would love I would love it to do even if it's not a full 4K of all of them, just give me a nice Blu-ray box set of the of the full the full series. Some, I think that'd some be behind great. the scene features, maybe give me a little booklet, maybe give me a little book with it. Maybe yeah, give me some commentary by bookend. KB and some fucking yeah. uh, you know, yeah, uh, some Fred Ward maybe. I would love it. I would dude so, to, to get commentary by Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward on it. I think it would be so much fun to to reenact that. Uh, that that uh, that bromance, that uh, companionship that they had, I think that would be a yeah. lovely listen. I'm gonna. We have to see who does the commentary on like any of the CDs, uh, on any of the DVDs, or anything like that. I, I used don't to know. be so I into that shit. I just kind of, I, I just, you know, I kind of fell, fell off, off listening to a lot of those things. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have anything like that with me anymore. I mostly have just my tape collection that I go off of, and of yeah, course, there's no that. fucking commentary. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the uh, downsides of VHS collecting is that you don't have six different audio channels to pick from. Laserdisc, some did they have commentary on Laserdiscs? I have no idea, man. That's a great question. We will get back to you on that one. So before we, you know, do final thoughts on all this, Riz, I want to know what's your favorite graboid scene. Okay, it's 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 probably gonna surprise you as being like why it's like it's my favorite or some shit. It's it's actually the death of the first graboid. I love the you know basically um, KB and Earl have been sent out of town on horses because the road out of town has been blocked by a by a graboid attacking these you know road workers and shit. And it's the only road out of town that they can use. So they got these horses that they're going to use and they're taken off through the desert and the fucking horses get spooked and one of the horses gets attacked by the graboid. And that's actually the first reveal of the giant graboid is the yep. same scene. So there's a lot of going on here and I think that's probably why it plays into being my favorite also. But they go fucking running and there's a giant cement drainage ditch <laughs> in the in this part of the desert. And they go run and they try to jump over it and they can't get across, but they get into like the pit of it and the fucking graboid just head first into the cement wall and it kills itself. And I, I don't know why, dude. I just, I, I love that idea. 
I love that like suspense of like, oh shit. And then like that whole time they're like taking the rock off and you're seeing this thing. I think it's fucking alive. Even even now that I know it's dead, watching it you're again. Still waiting for it. I'm still waiting for it to come back to life. And the fact that it doesn't, I love. I love that it's actually dead because it's the jump scare that I'm expecting. And it's just fucking cool that it killed itself. And that goes back to that. It's just a dumb animal in a sense. You know, it's 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 it's, a, it, it's smart in a way, but it's still at the end of the day is just a dumb animal that is. If given the chance to given the chance to trick it, you're able to trick it and kill it. And it's it's a great scene front to back. Also, remember, that's early in the in the movie. So it hasn't had any oh. interaction with anybody yet. So it hasn't picked up on any of the tricks or things, you know, yeah, it's because they kill the based. Graboid. They kill the last one. Well, well, the quote unquote last one by basically scaring it for it, scaring it enough for it to basically jump off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really good idea because it's like kind of bookends it the first one it slams into the thing and the last one it goes through but it, it ends up out. crashing on the floor yeah slams out i like that but my favorite graboid scene is when the graboid attacks bert and his and heather in their house oh, and that is they're great. shooting the guns they're like shoot they're emptying like the whole wall is like just covered in guns and the gummers are like just <laughs> shooting at this thing and he finally breaks uh Bert breaks like this cabinet open and he's got this big elephant gun and he just takes two like huge rounds and puts them through the thing's head and you see like a piece of the back of its head or head area shoot against the wall like yeah, it squirts out the back blowout. and like while all this is happening everybody's on the roof of like you know down in town because the gummers live a little bit away and they hear like the gunfire and all they hear is Bert saying like oh my god and then like <laughs> they they think that they're dead and then Bert calls it's like we killed them we killed them and like it's awesome it's a great scene everybody's pumped because they realize that like they can actually just shoot these things to death now also and what's great about it is that it's it's one of these scenes where you're like Oh, okay. They're uh, they're they're shooting at it, and you're like, oh shit, they're really shooting at it, and it keeps going, and it just keeps going. You're like, this is gonna yeah. end, and it doesn't. It's just and it just keeps the guns. building and building and I'm, building to more gunfire. Yeah. I I just like how they just keep emptying like all the magazines, and they'll just drop the gun and pick another one off the wall. Like Reba's all these like, guns give are me loaded. around, baby, and he like throws it over. <laughs> she fucking slams it in and keeps shooting. It's so good. It's awesome. That that's such a funny thing. I love the governors in this movie i love bert throughout the whole series like i keep saying really he's awesome. the right character to to carry over if you couldn't get yeah. anybody else he's he's the right one to take with you for sure only person that could fill uh those shoes jim varney all right dude don't even do that to me holy i would give one jim varney uh, jim varney as bert gummer i would give anything and he would he was able to do it at this time to yep. see that be a reality. Holy fuck. That would have made me so happy. And not to play it like a fucking earnest character. Play it like. Play it like Bert. Yeah. Play it like Bert. But dude, he he would fucking kill it. God damn. I, I would love that. That would have been a great. That would have been a great pickup. So Grizz, on that note, why don't you give me your final thoughts on this movie? Uh, Tremors is one of the best movies ever. Honestly, I, it's. 
it, it fills so many, like we said, it fills so many different genre gaps that you can watch this with anybody and you're gonna all going to have a great time. Uh, I mean, I watched it with my girlfriend today. And even though she was just like, what the fuck the entire time? I think she actually like, you know, she enjoyed it because it's it's genuinely amusing and it's it's different. It's not like any other movie that you're just going to put in and be like, oh, we're watching a movie. Like, no, this is an experience. This is a, a blast. I agree 100 percent. I think this is a movie that any so-called horror fan has to watch. If you don't like it, you probably got to stick up your ass because there's nothing to dislike about this movie. Sometimes it's okay to go mainstream, right, Grizz? <laughs> it, it really, this is definitely one of those situations. These, this is some of these are classics for a, a reason. This is also a great introduction to the horror genre. Uh, maybe like you, if you watched Ghostbusters, watch this one after it. Like ramp it up. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, yeah, that's. <laughs> you know what? I think that that's also where this movie falls in that realm of of horror movies. Like horror movies you can show to like your younger children and, and get them into the genre, like Ghostbusters, uh, and, and like Tremors. Like these are great introduction introduction movies to the genre of horror. I love that. I I agree. We should write a book. All right. dude. Horror for children. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm sure I should be giving uh, advice <laughs> on that, right? We should be give, if anybody yeah. should be giving parenting advice, it should be Thoughts. me and you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, two fucking idiots, two jabronis. Right. Let's 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 go over to the uh, video Dropbox uh, before we say something stupid and influence something that uh, we shouldn't be. Okay, the video Dropbox, we're back, Grizz, and we're finally doing a movie that I absolutely fucking love. Enough that I named a band after it. I know, that's like one uh, of the first well, movies I associated with you. So this week, well, next week, we will be watching Salem's Lot. Stunt. I love this movie. I love the book. I love all like the other short stories that go along with it. Grizz, you have no idea how excited I am to talk about this fucking movie. I'm excited to talk with you about it because I feel like you know so much about this that, and like I'm a fan of the movie, but I feel like you are like much more of a passionate fan. So I feel like you're going to be able to like kind of give me some insights to some things that I might not have known about. And I, I don't, I'm excited to hear some of your thoughts and your opinions about some of these things in this movie that I think are so great. Because I personally put this up there with probably I mean, not only just one of the best vampire movies of all time, but probably just like one of the best horror movies in general of yeah. all time. Made for TV, also. Yeah, I am a. I I hate made for TV movies because you know it's going to be super bland. But this is from, you know, uh, before they really started watering shit down. Where a made for TV movie was just a, a literal regular movie that you watched. Yeah, what was this like 78 79 i think something like that i know it was like like the end of the 70s but man what a what a great time period to uh 
to make this kind of a movie because it just really hits a vibe man like this movie feels so fucking awesome to me when i watch it yeah this this came out in 1979 so it's like the end of the 70s uh a real like sleazy time for movies right yeah that's why i think i love it so much you're right it's just a very sleazy time for movies in general and like this movie just feels i don't know like if, if I was going to tell someone you need to watch a vampire movie, uh, this would be the introduction for me. I'd be like, this is going to, this is something that people can watch and they're going to be interested enough to check out other movies that are just as good, if not better than this. Let me hit the trailer and then we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Also, 1979, great year for movies. Zombie 2 came out. Oh, in there we that- go. Do you believe a thing can be inherently evil? Marston House, for instance. How do you like that old house? Needs work, but we have time. Open the window. He commands it. Quiet little town of Salem's Lot. Oh, it's only all just happened since. Since I came here. Well, well. Tried to rape me. The vampires are creating vampires. Hey, this thing is moving. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Bill, Bill! Where are you, Benny, darling? Mr. Barlow is on a buying trip, but the moment he arrives, he'll enjoy Mr. Barlow. He'll enjoy you. Yeah, man, this this movie has a really good vampire design. I like how they don't reveal them till the towards the end of the movie, so you don't get like too much, you know, Kurt Breiken up in this bitch, but just enough, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> like we said during our Phantasm Two episode, this was an inspiration for that series, for the Phantasm series to turn into a road film. So oh, yeah, dude, I, I I forget about that all the time. Yeah, so this is very inspirational. Uh, Inspired band names, Salem's Pot, right? (laughs) Speaking speaking of which, speaking of which, look out on 420 for a very special episode. We're not going to tell you the movie, but we have been talking about doing this one for a long time. Since we couldn't do it for Halloween, we figured we would do it for this Halloween. I guess it's a holiday. This, this holiday. Uh, this damn right it's a holiday. Come on. Man. <laughs> uh, I think you guys are going to be really, really happy with that episode, too. So, Grizz, where could they find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video. And you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Uh, Grizz. We are not watching WrestleMania this year. We put our foot down. I did. I'm not going to lie. I did see a little bit last night because there happened to be an account open on the TV I was watching. And fair enough. And I saw some, but it wasn't uh, uh, to pay for it. Very happy. I am not paying for it anymore. Everybody go out and order the IWTV app. Seriously, like the subscription. Everybody go and get the ECW, subscription to <laughs> I'm not going to say the stuff that I watch because I don't want people to think I'm a fucking ghoul, but uh, 
go go subscribe to the IWTV app and that service. It's great. Okay. Look, you know, indie wrestling, all sorts of shit, current stuff. They do live broadcasts. It's worth the ten bucks. You're gonna see tons of lot like live stuff. Great. Yeah, get your feet it's wet really in the underground. It. You'll be really surprised and happy you did. Uh, Mike get recommended in. that to me, and uh, dude, some of the shit on there blows Crazy. my mind. It's fucking awesome. Crazy. And it's one of those things like get in at the ground level. Start now. You know what I mean? Like all these uh, smaller promotions, get in while they're still accessible, and you don't have to pay fucking seventy nine dollars for a a pay per view like we used to do. Shit. Oh my god. Oof. Wasted so much money. All right, Grizz. I think it's time to wrap it up. We have a long week ahead of us recording multiple episodes. So it'll be worth it. <laughs> it will be worth it. Do it for uh, the people. Say- Salem's Lot and Mystery Film. You guys are going to enjoy it. All right. We'll see you next week.